What's good guys, Ross Potter here and this is the RP Coaching Podcast where we'll talk about training, nutrition, mindset and everything in between. Created with you in mind, this podcast aims to educate and help you to tick those boxes daily. If you do enjoy the content, show me a little love, subscribe and share. Enjoy the episode. So here we are with part two of sleep. In the previous episode, we've covered poor sleep and kind of all of the issues related to not getting enough sleep through the course of the night. And it's the bit you've all been waiting for. How do we optimize our sleep? How do we get the very best sleep to allow us to have the most successful day going forward? So myself and Ian, we've come up with the five ways to sleep better. Ian's going to kickstart us, and number one, living in a cave. <laughs> no, maybe not live in a cave, but definitely sleep in one. Um, but this relates to the amount of light that you're you're getting at, at night time. So, you're ideally you shouldn't have any light in the room throughout the night. So the research that's been done has found that even a pinprick of light on your skin actually activates a cortisol response. Um, again, if you were paying attention to the previous podcast, you'll know that the cortisol is our, is what we don't want at, at night time. So to be able to sleep in a in a cave or to sleep in a in a very dark room where you can't see your hand in front of your face is the optimal way to be, which will help you optimize sleep in a big way. So living like a caveman is proven to have some benefits. Um, number two, if we look at light, so blue light from electronics or artificial light uh, yeah this is a big one especially for this day and age where people are not uh, moderating their social media their laptop computer TV usage um, mainly again because people don't really know that sort of blue light um, that we get from artificial light actually stimulates the same response in our brains uh, that we get from basically peak day sunlight so we want to limit this as we get towards the twilight hours. Um, and so especially before bed, it should, it should be one and a half to two hours before bed, you should cut off all kind of light into your eyes. So you shouldn't be staring at a light source. And I repeat, this is phones, this is laptops, this is televisions that you shouldn't be having. Ideally, you'll have candles in your house, which you can then light, and then you can use that kind of light at, at night, which is much more along the spectrum that you can use. There are um, sun, or not sunglasses, but there are glasses out there that actually block blue light. So they are actually pretty damn effective. Who was that famous seems. singer that used to wear, um, wear glasses? Was it, was <laughs> Bono? It, there was, it was someone else, wasn't there? A female singer, was it Cher or someone? I'm not no, too sure. I'm trying to think, I think I can see, see who it is. But, um, was, no, uh, Anastasia or Anastasia, something. Anastasia, yeah, 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 that's yeah, it. That's so. one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's worth saying, you know, like myself, I very rarely put my bedroom light on because they're down lighters and they're very bright they're very in your face so i have a i bought this sort of calming meditation light which goes through colors and spectrums and mm. it just projects onto the ceiling it makes it look like you're under the ocean but um, it has enough light for me to see what i'm doing but it is not enough light to completely keep me awake and keep my eyes streaming and it's a very very effective method to just completely unwind 
relax and, and kind of get myself into the best headspace I can before I go to bed. It's also worth saying that I do that with my self-hypnosis, which I do most nights, just to ensure that I get the best sleep I can. Yes, this doesn't happen every night and I'm not perfect, but certainly looking at other ways of using light rather than those bright bedroom lights that are just on until the moment you fall asleep yeah. and then you leave the model night. Um, yeah, I mean, most people are reading the news or whatever on their phones and they're, they're texting people or they're going through Facebook and that's exactly what we don't want to be doing. And phones do have some kind of uh, blue light blocking apps these days. and like Yeah, I, I leave mine all the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, like Ian said, it still doesn't have the same effect as turning your phone off. There's multiple aspects to that because it's like obviously you'll be stimulated by what you're seeing or annoyed or or you know elated by whatever you're seeing and so that actually is stimulating cortisol response because you're you're waking your brain up with information and you want to be switching it off at night. Yes, yeah, it's, it's one big thing I'm trying to preach to clients mm. is finding a certain time of the day. So whether it's eight o'clock, half eight, nine, when you can just put your phone down, just turn it over, switch off from the world. Do something just for you, spend some time meditating, spend some time stretching, which we'll go on to, which is another part of an evening routine for sleep. Um, so, yeah, trying to stay off social will be, I, I guarantee, the biggest reason that your sleep will get better. Just eradicating that alone, because we get into a bad habit of spending hours just scrolling Endless scrolling with no purpose. By the time you look at the clock, half twelve, one o'clock. And then you have to switch off. And then your body has to go through its rhythm to get you into sleep, which, you know, you've listened to the other podcast. We're not talking 10 minutes. We're talking a case of a few hours mm. to get you into rapid eye movement, REM, deep sleep. So you can already see that the longer you're staying up, the longer you're going to take to get to sleep. And the harder it is going to be for you to wake up in the morning. So. Yeah, no, exactly. So, I mean, that kind of covers that. That's probably the biggest issue is light before bed, phone use, technology use before bed. Mm. Um, yeah. One of the sort of coming in close second is going to be stress mm -hmm. um, and particularly the kind of internal stress. Um, but we will look at both internal and external. Yeah. So stress, Ian... I think, um, yeah, I mean, people need to probably look at stress in a bit more of a holistic sense, I think, because most people link stress to work stress or financial stress. Um, but every single stress that we come across, whether you're too hot, you're too cold, um, whether it's relationship stress, um, workout stress, it all has exactly the same effect on the body, which is this release of cortisol. And so we, that's what we need to try and manage as much as possible, because in, in general, if you, you view it like a cup, you can handle a certain amount of stress, the body's very resilient, but as soon as you get that little bit too much, then that's when you're not recovering properly, that's when you can't think straight, that's when you can't sleep properly, uh, that's when you know you basically your life can get really, really difficult the for no apparent reason. The shit hits the fan. Yeah, so it really is something that um, people need to look at and, and say, right, it's not just a matter of, oh, if I, I need to sleep a bit more, or oh, I need to, you know, reduce my stress at work. It's like, no, you can look at all types of stress and how to manage them. And obviously sleep goes a big way to curing this because sleep is the anti-cortisol. So it will digest cortisol, it will sort it out, 
and so you can wake up the next day ready to roll again ready to yeah rock and roll mm. um and I, I don't necessarily think it's a case of every night trying to work out all of your stress because we're always going to have stress life is full of problems and it's not a question of how can i go to bed stress free because you will always have stress it's more a case of how can i give myself an hour to two hours to free up my mindset to relax to get myself into a different headspace to get myself to sleep rather than going to bed with a brain full of stresses and you you can't sleep you can't switch off did i turn that off did i did I put the kids to bed? Did I lock the car? Have I ever got my kids anymore? It, there's, it's not a question of solving stress. That comes in time and that comes with work. But it's a question of taking time for yourself out of a busy schedule to give your mindset some relief, put you in a different headspace and get you to sleep as, as best you can. But as we mentioned before, it's like one of the it's easy wins right like you may not be able to free those routines up or get that huge amount of time at night to yourself but you definitely don't have to watch tv you definitely don't have to be on your phone you don't have to be on your laptop till the moment you go to bed so there's these these different little areas which all then reduce the overall burden of stress that you have on your body and so if people can understand that a bit more then i think we'll make a, a lot more headway yeah sure and i mean that brings us nicely into kind of point number four routine um the the classic and i will take the classic example the, the office worker nine to five doesn't get up till eight struggles to eat breakfast rushes around the commute stressful all day at the computer come home and then decide to jump on the new january fitness plans and then go to the gym and train take a pre-workout training at half six seven pumped up feeling incredible because if you've been sat down all day under artificial light and you go to the gym and train you release your endorphins you feel incredible you go home you cook some food you prep by the time you eventually have showered sat down we're talking maybe nine half nine easy you're still wired ten half ten you're still going to be wired because you've trained late and you've taken some stims mm-hmm. you've been on your phone because that's what you believe is your downtime it's a vicious cycle and that is one of the reasons why you are not getting enough sleep and the reason you're not performing as well as you probably should. Um, and, and we need to look at routine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sort of allude, obviously, with the stims alluding to caffeine, which is one of the biggest things that people will take to try and jack their workouts up. Um, caffeine has a half-life of 12 hours. So if you're having a cup of coffee at midday, at midnight, it's like you're take, drinking half a cup of coffee and then trying to get to bed. So it doesn't really add up very well. And obviously people have different tolerances around caffeine, but it's definitely not going to help. So one thing I'd say to most people is take two weeks off caffeine completely. So no teas, no coffees, um, that have caffeine in them, of course. Um, green tea does have caffeine in it, just for those, because I've always come across that one and people are like, oh, switch it out for green tea. And just it's like... <laughs> brings us back to our topic on hydration. Yeah. Just so, swap it out for fluids. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So... But um, if you get headaches and things like that after drop, dropping caffeine out, you know you've been on it too long and you know you're actually reliant upon it. So that's a good good thing, even though it won't feel good. After a couple of days, drink lots of water, that'll disappear. 
take your two weeks off, and then if you like, you can introduce caffeine back into your body, um, which will probably have a much more uh, stimulant effect, so you'll feel it a lot more. But again, you need to then just monitor how much you're having and also when you're having it to make sure that you're optimising your sleep patterns. Yeah, and it's worth saying that the, the headaches and the sort of coming off caffeine is a very big thing with especially a lot of the clients I've dealt with. Mm. And, oh, I can't do it. My, my headaches are too bad and I feel dizzy. And you have to go through a few days of that to kind of come out the other side. Mm. You can't sort of take five hours off caffeine and feel a bit deflated and headache and then jump straight back on it. Yeah. You have to come off. It's like coming off a medication, like coming off a drug. Mm. You have to slowly bring yourself, taper yourself down and then give yourself that mental clarity for, for two weeks and um, and then just see how that affects you. But I've got executives that you know drink more cap coffee than water um, and they admit that and they're like, yeah, like I don't ever drink water. I'm off to a coffee machine, bang, another cup. And it's like, well, that's, I'm sure that's good for productivity to a certain extent, but their body definitely doesn't look the way um, they'd like. So it's definitely one, one area. But And coming, if you are doing that and you're coming off huge amounts of you know 12 coffees a day or something then i'd probably say maybe reduce it to six and then reduce it to three and then take come off it so it might take you a little bit longer a few more weeks to come off it completely but yeah cold turkey can be painful if you're doing that yeah certainly not if you're having 24 coffees <laughs> and then just deciding to um mm. to go cold turkey but again it just comes back to routine and habits mm. and if uh, with every other topic that we cover sleep is something that you want to improve and address you have to be willing to change habits and change routine mm. because otherwise you are going to get nowhere mm. and you will be in the same cycle the same loop a few months down the line yeah so really do look at your nighttime routine um the easiest way to nip it in the bud straight away i'm not saying turn your phone off but put your phone on charge in another room shut the door and then just isolate yourself for that one hour, at least one hour, for those of you that are more hardcore, two, two, three hours, four, five, maybe seven hours before. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but give yourself that time to unwind and to relax. Um, you know, if you've got um, a loving partner or your boyfriend, girlfriend married, it's like the perfect time to have a chat about your day, spend some time together, have a little cuddle in bed rather than having the TV on in the background, floodlights drowning you out, both on your phones, lack of interaction. Um, and that's going to be a massive thing for relationships as well. Um, because how many of you go home, don't even talk to your partner, sit on your phone. <laughs> yeah. There's probably a few that, that, you that, that don't <laughs> want to talk to you, that really don't want to talk to your partner, yeah. which is fine. Um, but yeah, there's there's a way of going about it to to ensure that you are preparing yourself for the best sleep. Yeah, if you wake up in the morning, I think, and uh, the first thing you do is check your phone and go on Facebook rather than say good morning to the person sleeping next to you. There's there's issues there. And sure. I guarantee there's a lot of you that do that. So yeah. I'm aiming this at you. Get a fucking grip of yourself. <laughs> um, again, coming on then to stretching and meditation. Yeah, like I mean, like you're saying with the routine of sleep, it's, you know, maybe say, right, this week I'm going to try an hour before my, my alarm goes off an hour before I go to bed and I'm going to switch down the lights. I'm going to make sure I, you know, take off 
any get off any social media that I'm doing or switch the TV off, um, and then you know hopefully would have eaten before then that's for sure, uh, and then try and get a stretch in. So like stretching, most people say sort of meditation before bed is quite good. Um, it, it can be. Some people find it a bit woohoo. Um, yeah, a bit distracting. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, but a lot of time, just kind of, if, if you can meditate, then great, lie down, uh, drift drift off, try and sort of focus on your breathing. But stretching, I find, is a really good way, especially for people who are office-bound most of the time, um, because of they've, they're, t- they're tight in certain muscles. Crippled through office work. Yeah, and, um, and the, the whole thing with going to bed, you're meant to be able to feel weightless, and then you can drift off into a natural sleep. So just to actually stretch beforehand, you get out any of those little aches and pains you might have, and then you actually find it easier to uh, to drift off to sleep. Where if you're tight or you've got you know muscle soreness or joint pain or neck pain, every single time you move, you remind yourself you're awake, and then you can't find it hard to fall asleep. So it's a nice way to thing to do, and also you can incorporate that with just again focusing on breathing, nice long breath to relax yourself, relax your muscles. To get those deep stretches, you're doing that, you know, even 10 minutes of that before you go to bed, and it's a, it's a fantastic way to improve quality of sleep. I think some of my clients use, um, I'm not sure of the app's name, but it's like plays nature sounds, yeah. just like a rain or some sort of ocean yeah, it's waves. Like white noise. App white noise. Yeah. Um, they're very, very um, beneficial just to have quietly in the background to kind of help you get back into like an earth back to ground roots rather than being so pent up mm. with stress and technology yeah um one good point you covered there was um your food mm. and you want to eat two three four hours before mm-hmm. getting yourself down to sleep um just expand on that a bit for the for the guys listening yeah it's just a matter of digestion if you i mean i'm sure many of us over the christmas period have uh, experienced it where we eat way too much way too late we go to bed on a full stomach and it's not comfortable at all. And a lot of the time you'll have either problems falling to sleep or you'll be waking up in the middle of the night because you're having blood sugar rushes and, and drops. And so you're not going to get a good sleep after that. You'll wake up in the morning, you'll feel very groggy um, because, again, you've been digesting all night rather than sleeping. So it's a really important to try and get the last meal in. I usually say around three to four hours before bed because that seems to be optimal for most people to go through a meal. And bearing in mind at night, you will be digesting slower because your metabolism is dropping down, getting ready for bed. So you need to make sure that you're eating uh, quite early before bed and you won't feel hungry because, like I say, your metabolism is dropping down. Um, but then you'll be able to drift, drift off to a much easier night's sleep without your digestive system on full alert. So, yeah. Full beast mode. <laughs> yeah, so, so we've covered kind of those what we believe are are kind of five essential tips to better sleep. What I would say is don't do them all at once. Try to look at your routine, look at your current sleep routine and your kind of use of technology and then maybe put things in one at a time. You know, maybe start with reducing your time on your phone, then looking at your meals and things um, and over time build it up just to see how, how much different you feel with a better sleep routine and also if you are using these sleep trackers and things you should be able to see a a direct response to improve sleep Um, but we'll tie off there another episode done and dusted that is sleep covered and we will be back very shortly with some more hot topics guys thank you for tuning in 
Stay safe and we will catch up with you on the next episode.